All humans want to experience success, but so few know how to achieve it. Most people don't even know the definition. Unlock the spiritual secret to lasting success next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. Herbert W. Armstrong died on January the 16th, 1986, and he was the head of the Worldwide Church of God, the physical head of that church. The annual income in the year of his death was $163.7 million. So he had quite an income for a church delivering a message to this world. He had 382 television stations, far more markets than any other religious program in America as well as 36 radio outlets around the world. And uh, Mr. Armstrong's flagship magazine, The Plain Truth, peaked at 8.4 million. That's very impressive, and perhaps the biggest religious program and message ever sent to this world in this end time. Another paragraph here I'd just like to quote from. There were many books and booklets, more than 40 million of which had been distributed over the course of Mr. Armstrong's 50-year ministry. The most requested book was The United States and Britain in Prophecy, mailed to 6 million people. The most popular booklet was The Seven Laws of Success, requested by 3 million. Now, I'm going to talk to you about partly about that book, The Seven Laws of Success, only I want to focus on just one of them. But I'd like for you to uh, request this booklet if you don't have it, because there's nothing on this planet like it when it comes to discussing success in life. And we all should be interested in that, I think. But in this booklet, he made some of the most shocking statements that I have ever read in my life about how to become successful. And he really was quite an example of how to do that. So I'll give you part of it today. Anyhow, he he wrote this. When I was a young man of 23, I was a member of the editorial staff of a national magazine. I was sent on tours over the United States covering 10 or 15 states each tour. My assignment was investigating business conditions, reporting workable ideas and facts. I interviewed businessmen and Chamber of Commerce officials. I discussed with merchants and manufacturers their problems. I searched out ideas and methods that had been successfully applied in sales promotions and public relations, cutting costs, speeding up turnover, increasing profits. One of the things my editors assigned me to investigate was the reason behind the success of the few and the failure of the many. Some of the 95% of smaller independent merchants were reported by Dunn and Bradstreet to be heading toward bankruptcy. The same laws applies to women as well as men. But in this Seven Laws of Success booklet, he, uh, he talked about how many of those men and women were keeping six of the seven laws of success. 
and many of them were wealthy and uh, certainly had learned about the first six laws of those seven laws in this booklet. But I will tell you this, for 62 years I have kept the seventh law that Mr. Armstrong talks about here, and uh, God has certainly blessed me in many ways as being the head of this church, and uh, we have two of the most beautiful colleges in this world here, one in the U.S. and one in Britain, and then we have a part-time college over in Jerusalem. Over 50 of our people were over there when the Hamas attacked Israel on the 7th of October. At this time, of course, they're back in their, safely in their countries at this time. And here's something that Mr. Armstrong said that I'd like to read to you. Well, now, it would certainly seem that if one follows these six laws of success, nothing more should be required. But still, these successful men that I have described followed these six principles. They gained their goals. They made money. They attained recognized status. They recognized the passing pleasures. Notice this. He says, still their lives were empty. Now, he knew and studied all these businessmen. Their lives were empty. They were never satisfied. They were discontented. They never found lasting, permanent, enduring happiness. Never did. They did not take their acquisitions with them when they died, and their fame died with them. What they lacked, what all lack who fail of real success, was application of success law number seven, the most important law of all. That is the ingredient that would have changed everything, everything. Everything would have been changed, and that is the truth, and you can prove it. He goes on to say, yet if we are to enjoy the good things of life, freedom from fears and worries, peace of mind, security, protection, happiness, abundant well-being, the very source of their supply is the great God. Since all comes from Him anyway, why not tap the source from the very beginning? But in our day of modern science, sophistication, and vanity, it has not been fashionable to believe in a Maker. In this deceived world, knowledge of God has found little or no place in modern education. You can see that all around us. What is wrong if God is the Creator of man? Why isn't man successful? Well, it gets down to whether or not they know God. And it does take some effort on our part, and we have to do what God says to make that happen. Notice what He said also. I want to just read you a little bit of this. It's taken from the Bible and, a, and an ancient king about success business success, success in life, in every way. He talks about vanity and people wanting status and all kinds of things like that, but uh, it was all material success. That isn't going to do the job. It's not going to make you really successful in every way in life. Obviously, when people 
are successful. They uh, they acquire money and they uh, they have monetary victories and material acquisitions and uh, a thrill and satisfaction. But it never lasted. Never lasted. Amazing. What is that really true? Can you really prove that? Well, you can. Mr. Armstrong did it years ago, and and he reached out to this world and said that every human being on this earth was created to be a great success. That's what your Bible says. And it is something I think we all should be interested in. Well, he did mention Solomon striving after wind. And Solomon had it all. He had everything. The greatest wealth any man ever had on this earth, apparently. And yet, he said it left him empty and not happy. So, we can find a lot of examples. One, J. Paul Getty, who lived at the time of Mr. Armstrong, and, and he was a multimillionaire, and he said he would give his, all of his fortune away for just one happy marriage. Well, now God tells us how to have a happy marriage. In fact, He commands us to do that if we're willing to be successful. That's what we must do. A little further down, notice this amazing statement. Of course, there were pleasures in these people making all of this money and having such physical success, but always they were followed by periods of depression, always a gnawing inner soul hunger, soul hunger by periods of depression, always a gnawing inner soul hunger returned. Always it came back after maybe a spurt of happiness and joy, and certainly there was some of that, but it didn't last. It all this this hunger returned. Why what is that? What what is what is he talking about? Is that in all of us? Yes, it is. I've experienced that, and every person on this earth has. They certainly have. And I'm telling you, you can begin to just study yourself and you can learn a lot about success just by your own, uh, let's say, the, the one big void in your life. And why does it keep coming back? What, what is wrong? Well, notice, he goes on to say, yet these never fill the void. The, all the uh, world's success, pleasures, and pastimes, they never, they never fill the void. They never satisfied the real inner hunger. These people probably didn't realize it, but the hunger was spiritual. And spiritual hunger is never satisfied by material food. Now, I think these are some of the most profound statements you'll ever find about success, and stirring and moving and stunning. But you can just think about it and say, well, that is true because it's happened to me. It certainly is to, has to me in the past, but it has not been that way for 62 years of my life. It, I learned how to get rid of that void 
62 years ago, and it has been that way permanently in my life. And I hope and pray to God forever, and it should be that way for all of us. These people probably didn't realize it, but the hunger was spiritual, and spiritual hunger is never satisfied by material food. What are the, these humans that we're talking about here? What is it that God, if God is the Maker, what was their purpose? Well, it was definitely for every single one of them to be a smashing success, and it's going to be that way shortly. And there are over a hundred prophecies that tell you that, and it's all coming to a head, and God is going to have to intervene so that uh, all human flesh is not uh, destroyed by nuclear bombs and so on. Jeremiah 2 and verse 13 says this, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water, and leave you with a hungering, an inner hungering, a big void in your life. What, what is that void? How do you fill it? Well, God tells you in many places it's spiritual. We have to get that spiritual focus to fill that hunger. And you're not going to get rid of that hunger all your life until you do that. I'm telling you, that's what your Bible says. Broken cisterns, no. In other words, you, you, the, the water just leaks right out. And it never, never fills that inner hunger. Now, this, this is very exciting uh, to, to me. It was years ago, and it still is. But these are, these are just stunning statements that he has made. And I certainly uh, had to learn this the hard way. But again, there is a void in our life. Even if it's gone for a little while, it comes back. It never is gone permanently unless you have this knowledge of God. You get to know God, the true God, the, the real God, and in real success. And we need to just get rid of that empty void forever. Now, that, that, that's where happiness comes in. We, have, we see the purpose in life. We know why we're here and why God put us here. And it's all explained in your Bible. I hope it's your Bible anyhow. It is explained there, and I'll show you in a moment what, uh, where one man certainly did understand that very well, and he learned it the hard way. But anyhow, we want, we want to fill that hunger and, and have a lot of freedom and happiness in life, of course. Mr. Armstrong wrote, And I know now that no human being need ever become a failure, not one. But we know that we see all kinds of people who are failures. And God says He never, 
ever planned for that, but He let man go, and there's a reason He did that. So every person was put here to become a success. But men have chosen something besides what God said to choose, that tree of life. But he says, I ask in all candor, isn't that a shocking state of human affairs? It is, in fact, the colossal tragedy of all history. He even told the example when he was a, just a young man, secretary of the Chamber of Commerce. He knew about a very famous man in, the, that, in his town. I mean, this man was just really very wealthy, and he had so much, and then they had the 1920 Depression, and he lost everything, and he committed suicide. So something was wrong there. Let me read to you about an ancient king right out of the Bible who had to learn this lesson the hard way. He said to himself, Come now, I will make a test of pleasure. Enjoy yourself. So he said, I search with my mind how to cheer my body with wine, with mind still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good. And he goes on a little further, I built mansions, planted vineyards, and laid out gardens and parks for myself, in which I planted all manner of fruit trees, and making pools to water the trees in my plantations. I amassed silver and gold, right royal treasures. I procured singers, both men and women, and many a mistress, a man's delight. Nothing I coveted did I refuse myself. I denied my heart no enjoyment, for my heart did feel pleasure in all this, so much I did get from all my efforts. But, he concluded, when I turned to look at all I had achieved in my efforts and trouble, then it was all vain and futile. All was vanity and a striving after wind. What a powerful, powerful statement. Well, he, he had it all. And you can prove that. We have proven it that he, of His existence, and we're going to prove it even more with an exhibit early next year, if everything goes well. But uh, anyhow, uh, Solomon uh, saw that it was just a striving after wind, and he later on, he finally did understand what was wrong, and he turned to God, and that's all in our little booklet on the, the Song of uh, Songs. All of our literature is free. God said of him, uh, Therefore the Eternal said to Solomon, Since this has been your mind, and you have not kept my covenant and my rules which I commanded, I will surely tear the kingdom from you. And that's in the former prophets, and most of their prophecy is for this end time. That is a fact. See, this world has rejected spiritual revelation, the revelation of God. Adam and Eve, you see, they, they, they had to choose, and they, they, they chose not to take the, the tree of life, and they've led, they have led mankind to go that way ever since. Most of them have followed what Adam and Eve did. There is a 
instruction book that tells us how to live and how to be successful. Bruce Barton said that uh, it's a book that nobody knows. People don't really know. Scientists, educators, even Christian clergy need to know a lot more about that book. It is Jesus Christ in print, the most successful man ever on this earth, by far. And he, He's giving us a chance to live for all eternity. Life has a purpose. You can see in Isaiah 64 and verse 8, God says, Now, look, I'm the potter, and you are the clay. You are the clay. Uh, most human beings will say, well, why have you made me this way? They don't want to go God's way. They're not subject to the law of God because of their own human nature that has to be changed and gotten rid of in, his, in your life. Also, Jeremiah 18 and verse 6 says something very similar. I don't have time to get into all of those uh, scriptures, but you can read them yourself and study them. But God says that you are a free moral agent, and he, uh, he, he is not going to push this onto any man. He's not going to do that. And He has laid out two ways of life for men. He says, now, there's the way of life. Choose life. Choose life. And then don't choose death. There is a choice that we have to make. We have that free moral agency. God makes us choose. He's not going to cram this down anybody's throat. You must set the right goal. See, that's, that's the thing. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live, you and your children, your families. Everybody is choo should choose life. It's spiritual. It's not physical. We cannot fill that void unless we get the spiritual understanding and get to know the living God. That's why we're here on this earth. You have to have your own education. God says in James 1 and verse 5 that if you lack wisdom, He'll give it to you. In other words, wisdom to be successful in life and do the most wonderful things that God has given us, marriage, family, and all of the best blessings that He wants us to have on this earth. And it's leading to something for all eternity. See, it's a, a, a divine help that we need. We have to have faith. God just really does give us all kinds of breaks, but He does say, uh, Seek you first the kingdom of God and the righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. They will. They'll all be added to you. Matthew 6 and verse 33. Notice that verse says, Seek the spiritual first, and then all of these things, physical things, will be given unto you. That's a promise from God. He wants every one of us to be happy and joyful and not be groping in darkness, as the Scripture says. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. 
All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request The Seven Laws of Success, Song of Songs, God's Greatest Love Song, and Why You Need the Holy Spirit. Also, consider a free subscription to our Bible course and The Trumpet. Order now. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.